This week on Smash Bros. What do you want? Is this wise? I think I may have left something in your room. A ring. Wow, what kind of ring? Are you going to ask her to marry you? It's none of your business. Yeah. Smash Bros. Hello and welcome to Smash Bros, the podcast about the musical drama series Smash that ran on NBC from 2012 to 2013. Uh, my name is Jimmy Blackman. And I am Marty Scanlon, enjoying the intro as always. Yeah, I think we've like done all the bits we can do about the intro. Yeah, so it's now nice it's just, just to let it sit. Yeah, and just, it's just like that is what it is. We yeah. accept it. We love it. We love that's what we say at the top. We're happy with everything. Just it like really the creators of Smash are probably happy. With yeah, it. they're very happy with how everything went. They think it's snappy. They think there's no bits attached to it. There's no chaff that could be cut from it. Absolutely like, not. It's just lean, clean, pure drama. Lean, clean drama machine. Yeah, um, Marty. Uh, wh- what do we do on this podcast? Um, on this podcast, wh- I'm, I just literally like had like an aneurysm where I was like, wait, do, do, am I supposed to say something? What do we do? We talk about yeah, the we, NBC we, musical drama series Smash that aired from 2012 to 2013. Yeah, we watch Smash and become better bros. Oh, that's through, what we do. Yeah, yeah. You know, the copy that we made yeah. up. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> yes, we watch Smash and become better bros. I think it's going very well so far. Oh, uh, yeah, I think so. Absolutely. We were just commenting with our guests that it's hard because you often show up a little early and we chat and, you know, just see how each other's doing and we always I mean, end up being I, I like... Should have- Five minutes late, but well, you know, I was trying to you know give you the give, make it make you look good. <laughs> it it felt like I was early because of the general schedules of everyone else involved. Yes. Is that is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> Our guest Meredith is pointing at herself. Um, but yeah, no, we we have to we have to like I think what you were getting at there is because we can't talk about Smash in that interval yeah. between when I arrive and when we start. We, we must. have to talk about our lives. Yeah, and we're becoming it's kind of like becoming closer. It's like talking that. to your cousin at Thanksgiving, where it's like, "How's your family? Oh, I see them. They're here." Right. Okay. That's that's the thing with my cousins at Thanksgiving is we all just want to talk about Smash, but we know we <laughs> Me can't. Too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so right. We just have to have these conversations. You come from a Smash family. I come from runs a, in the blood. I come from a Smash family. There's, yeah. but there's a lot of we had one thanksgiving where a cousin came out as not liking smash and oh. it was like a big that was deal. Hard for uncle larry Every, oh, uncle, uncle larry um oh, who's a larry in the world of musical theater quick larry gelbart that, the, yeah uh, very good <laughs> i did not think i'd have somebody in that was very good he write the book to uh funny thing happened on the way to the forum you know i think that's Is that right, right? Meredith, I'm not fucking around here. <laughs> You're in the goddamn big leagues. <laughs> you might not know that we have a lot of musical theater knowledge, but goddamn it, we do. Um, I think that now is as good a time as any to bring our guests I think so into, the, she, into the she's fold. She's been sitting across from us this whole time. Uh, patiently waiting. Yes. A good good guest. Uh, we grade all of our guests on their waiting abilities <laughs> before they start. So far, so good. Um she is a performer and writer in New York City. She is one of the titular Fly Girls uh, in Fly Girls, a, a, a sketch a sketch group, a sketch show that's run at the Magnet and is producing a special for Manhattan Neighborhood Network. Uh, and she is, uh, and we are very happy to have her here. Dear friend of ours, dear friend of Smash. Welcome. Great on Twitter. Oh, Great on you. Twitter. Her name Hi. is Meredith Paul. Hello. We're so happy to have you. Thanks for having me. I love Smash. Well, you're on the right podcast. I forgot everything about it, actually. 
until I rewatched a bunch of episodes in preparation for this. Where did you start rewatching from? Um, I pretty much just like rewatched from the beginning, but I didn't like watch it with like rapt attention. Sure, but me either, and I've never seen it. So that's no, I have. So I've never seen Smash before. I've, I've he's never watching seen it. for the first, it for the first time. time. I'm, so I'm watching. watching in order. Oh, so we have Jimmy, who's the expert, and me, who's the not expert. Well, that's a fun premise. It's almost like someone else did it for Gilmore Girls, and we accidentally plagiarized it. <laughs> accidentally yeah. and then somebody else did it for smash yeah we truly accidentally plagiarized that. but we had him on we squashed the beef we smashed yeah, the we beef. smashed the beef wow uh, well so so meredith why don't why don't we go into where what what was your history with smash prior to this invite um oh man i like love musical theater i think like a lot of comedians which is what brought us to comedy because we love like live performance I right totally agree with that yeah um, so I love musical theater. I don't, I'm not like anywhere near good enough to like justify doing it in front of anyone. So like, did you do it as like a kid though? Is that, yeah, it, it came oh, from doing yeah. it, the love? Les Mis, How to Succeed. Oh, sure. Um, were you Gavroche? I in How to Succeed. In the chorus in for how everything. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was Gavroche in How to Succeed. <laughs> it was a little They kept saying, Meredith, please take the newsboy cap off, get off the stage. <laughs> I think Gavroche is my favorite character in Lamez because he's like, my name's Gavroche. <laughs> he's like such a little douche. Anyone that announces themselves with their name is like very, very good. Yeah. yeah. Meredith also made a promise, not a promise to us, but a promise to herself right, right. before we started the podcast that she would not sing. And yep. Then, yep. <laughs> totally unprompted things. <laughs> my name's Gavroche. <laughs> cool right so didn't even make it through the first five no, no. i mean that was an unforced error we weren't even talking about the songs from smash you're in an appropriate and safe place so just know that it's okay um, uh okay so you, yeah. you grow up doing musical theater so when i saw i had just moved to new york when okay this came so it's out. 2012 you've just moved to new york i just graduated college, just graduated college. i moved to new york i was like the show is for me and also, I think I told you this, they shot part of it outside my apartment. Right. So Would that you, was What location was that outside of your apartment? Um, I think that was like, do you know, oh my gosh, um, you know how Deborah Messing's like a fair guy? I'm trying to like not Michael, Michael Swift, yeah. yeah. Michael Swift. <laughs> um, he like does like, he's like, they confront each other outside of At like- At the New York Theater Workshop. That's where the theater was. Uh, yeah. Gotcha. I gotcha. lived like right Is that the there actual there. New York Theater Workshop or did they mm, put up a- I don't know I don't what really that know place that is. It's like just this big theater in the East Village. Yeah. I don't know if it's like that called that. I forget the name of it. So you were living history. Smash through. Did you watch yeah. the punch happen? Did you watch Brian Darcy James punch Michael Swift? No, I didn't from see anything. Your, from your perch in your window saying, no. look at this new city. I'm finally here in New York, the city I've always <laughs> dreamed of. There's Brian Darcy James punching. Uh, I always forget. What's the actor's I real name? I couldn't. Uh, Will Chase. Will Chase. Will Chase. Yeah. Like, which that's is the like, Broadway dream come true. I wonder why they did. They should have just used his real name because that's such a good character name, Will yeah. Chase. It and Will Chase like, as himself. Yeah. yeah. It sounds like equally fake to Michael Swift. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I totally agree. Will Chase is like what um a cop says if they've gotten like a I think it's just coming like oh, there's a ro- there's a robber running away. We'll chase. We'll chase. It's a classic nine thirteen. And then the other cop who's like sitting eating a donut, the cop who ran away is named Michael. He watches him go and he goes, Michael Swift. Wow. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that's very that's a that's a that's a joke I would make, and now I know how other people feel when I make those jokes. Marty, uh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, it's okay. It's okay. I also um, 
felt really grown up. Obviously, this is my first apartment, and I paid for cable. Okay. So I would like watch cable in my house and, and it be like, felt like powerful. And look to watch at cable. me watching cable. I've always had cable, even though I don't really watch TV because it just makes my house feel like a home. That's, because you can just you can turn, turn the TV on. on and not have to like. I mean, there is something. I mean, that's a that's a thing I miss about TV a little bit is that the ability to just like passively watch it. Because now, if I'm watching something, I only ever intentionally watch a thing not just like i'm gonna turn on this rerun and, and watch lord of the rings for five hours oh hell exactly. yeah extended <laughs> yeah i love watching movies on tv me too shawshank anytime it's with on, the ad breaks is that part of the experience i like, think so stretching it out and making it longer right. than it would be forrest gump shawshank redemption all those are good tv movies yeah yeah forrest gump is like you could just pop in anywhere oh 100 percent. yeah i don't know if i've ever seen it all the way through for real i don't know if i have either i have we watched it in like my high school history class, I think like after like the AP tests, when you have that weird month where there like there's, there's nothing, nothing to left do. to teach, yeah. and we were just we watched like Schindler's List and Forrest Gump, but it was the same thing of like watching forty five minutes a day. <laughs> right. So it took like a week and a half to get through Forrest Gump. We watched Apocalypse Now in AP English. I think I did too. And they they show the horrible water buffalo being slaughtered for real, and I can't watch the movie anymore. Yeah. But I still eat meat, I guess, so I'm a bad person. I stopped eating pork because I think it's wrong. Huh. Just we're talking about our uh, morals. <laughs> Speaking of morals. This is this episode's all about about yeah, morals. About, moral. about moral moral uh you know, challenges, moral questions. Uh we are talking about I, I don't think we've said it, but episode fourteen of season one, the penultimate episode penultimate episodes are big deal in tv you know mm-hmm. pen 15 club <laughs> <laughs> the penultimate 15 club you guys are all in that right uh the episode is called previews uh <laughs> and uh it is about uh the first preview and that the weekend that ensues after that of bombshell in boston um we're yeah we're we're fully at the theater in boston they moved in and teched it last episode and now they're now they're there um i don't know i mean start at the start it starts with dev in bed shirtless a very long shot where you yeah. can't see who he's next to yep and then there's a weird musical sting that's like that sounds like an iMovie musical sting <laughs> um and it should you know it, we we tilt up to see that ivy is is there with him because they just slept together and it, it felt like a very long time before that tilt right yeah. like where it was like okay you assume they're going to tilt up and she's there yeah. and then they don't tilt up you're like okay is she not there and then they tilt up, and yes, she is there. Are they supposed... I have a question. Do you think that... There's no way that he doesn't know who Ivy is. So we, we discussed yeah, we this, talked about this last, last time. episode because I, I think... My theory is that they both know who each other is. Right. And we're just Because sort of. they both have unique names and, like... They both one of them looks like Marilyn about Monroe, Monroe and the, the other time. looks like Karen's boyfriend right. who has been described a million times. I right. sort of was like, I don't if they don't know each other that's interesting but then they immediately do and it's like all right well this right by by the time this episode rolls around if they didn't know each other when they met we never see them like finding out who each other is by the time they've woken up or at least by the time they go off their separate ways they both clearly know who each other is i think i think it's a strange choice to leave that ambiguous it just feels weird but i agree it's a very smash like choice though because they they're it it, they, they do just like there are these just i i wouldn't even call them plot holes they're just like 
characterization holes or something where there's just things that are left blank but that don't feel like they're done so for like tonal reason they're, they're just, just like, like oh you just forgot to clarify that yeah. like to me another thing uh, jumping around here but on the same storyline is like in this episode we find out that karen like when karen this is maybe totally different but when karen and dev are talking about like how they met a they have the most bland meeting story like he's like you remember when we met and she's like <laughs> yes a pub in london like it's not even like oh yes when i when you were missing your galoshes and I had to make paper towel. Like, it's not a meet-cute. It's just a pub in London. But then it's also, like, that brings up so many questions. If he... was did she, did he move to America for, for Karen her? and also, learn about American politics? I think it's really weird and also rude in that conversation when he says, "I hadn't even heard you sing yet." Like, yeah, as if, like what? Right. <laughs> like, I get kind of what he's saying is that like I. I loved you before I knew you were to be like, ugh. Right, but it's like, your love should probably have nothing to do with her Sing. abilities at her job, which is essentially what that is. Right. Well, and it's weird because, like, every person in the show, m- the only place that romance can blossom is in a bar. Like, that's that's just, like, a true world-building thing that about just the like, show. is just, like, a so true. set bar that just yes, is, like, it, a th- thin bar with, with a stool with a bar and a couple all cabaret tables some dart boards and big right. buck hunter. big buck hunter always do you think that uh, i just feel like i have to get something off my chest which is that Catherine mcphee is is embarrassing and not nearly as good as megan hilty and it's crazy that they are even spoken in the same sentence okay great, great. yeah no no we're all we're all on the same page on right that. at this point we're 14 episodes in and have like bashed Catherine McPhee, and she seems like a nice person on like and funny on Twitter and stuff. So like, we're, she but no, does it's, seem. Yeah, it, it's. I mean, it's. But she also. They, she's. It's a tough thing because she's not really a great actor, which isn't really her fault. No, she's not. But she's also probably has the weakest writing in the show, and I don't know if it's because they don't know what to do with her, or if we talk a lot about how that she is a character who things happen to, but she has no agency in anything that she does, and I think this episode is especially. Um, I mean, every episode, is especially I, that I way. Th- I think that's absolutely right. I do think that, like, there, there, is, she is a little bit to blame for the bad writing, which I know is a weird thing to say. But like, what you're saying is that they don't know what to do with her. I do think that when writers write a TV show and they get to know the cast and like see what they're good at, see what they're bad at, they do start to write mm-hmm. to their abilities. And I think she just didn't present any roads to go down which that's so true but also i think it's like a system like of or a symptom of like the i don't know if you've ever like rewatched a rom-com from when we were little or something and like you realize that the woman really is just like a vessel and has like no lines and i think that that is the exact sort of thing that she's fallen into right it's it's weird because it's not a rom-com scenario here but it's like in this way that in it's almost like it's this is maybe a stretch, but it's like it's a romance between the I- the idea of a Maryland musical and Karen. And she's just like this like manic pixie dream girl for the role of Maryland. Like, <laughs> everyone's constantly saying like, oh, she's perfect for this. She's, she's perfect not, for this. She's, she's amazing. And she's not good. But she's just this like void that they're projecting all these ideas on. She's like, she reminds me of a scarecrow. That's very good. Right? Yeah. <laughs> That's like the only thing. She doesn't. Like, Megan Hilty is, like, so perfect. Yeah, she's a star. Yeah. Yeah. Quote Angelica Houston in Smash. She's a star. She is a star. 
start. And Karen just has like birds all over her every scene, and there's just She's straw like, coming out of her shirt. Her body is so weird. She is. Yeah. It is like it is a scare. Meredith was just sort of flailing. <laughs> I would say almost like a used car. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or but it is. She has this weird like hunched thing that she does sometimes that is just like it's especially strange for a show about that she's supposed to be like a musical theater performer and she's not and so she musical theater performers like when you meet them they're the most like in control like suzuki like they're the most like arched back like just like yeah exactly and she's like just this like girl's like Hey, um, my okay. Well, the choreography also like when that's just like in scenes, but then the choreography doesn't do her any favors when the only number that we see is um don't don't say yes until I finish talking, and we see her do like the dirtiest ass lunge, where her, she's just shaking her hips and then like does this like busted ass. That's, like, I'm wait, not a dancer, but, but that's I not know even that's dancing. not even in don't say yes until I'm finished talking. That's there's oh, now shit, two Daryl Zanuck numbers yes. in a row, which is an insane thing. Hey, for they a had to show off Mark like, Kudish. Oh, and he was great. He's that was like my genius. favorite stretch of the episode. Yeah, was those great. two numbers because oh, that was so good. Yeah. I liked. I actually liked don't say yes until I'm finished talking a lot more it's with Mark Kudish than with Christian Borel. Marty was. A big fan of the rehearsal version. Yeah, I loved it. But all, Mark Kudish, Ali, and I were sitting together watching it last night, and she was like, "That is the most perfect casting that this TV show has done." And if the show was going, that is who I would cast. Yeah, right. Yep, I mean, I, I honestly, so good. I had to look up who it was. I mean, I knew who Mark Kudish is, but I was like, "Oh, this is like whoever this is is like I'm going to be like, oh yeah, that's a Broadway star," and I just didn't recognize him. He's uh, I knew I knew his voice. I mean, like he's done a million things, but yeah. I knew his voice from um. Come on and kill a president. Uh, assassins. assassins. Yeah. yeah. He's the, uh, the, what's his name in Assassins? I think Catherine McPhee, I mean, you've probably been over this in previous episodes, but like, it seemed like she was just coming off of American Idol fame yeah. and she was like legit fame, whereas Megan Hilty is Broadway and like was trying to cross over in this role, which is like, also, I don't know why Uma Thurman would accept this role. I mean, when, when we finally see her on stage, I wrote, is she supposed to be like old Marilyn? Like it, like, like, like Marilyn's ghost if she had gotten old. But, wait, and but, but that but wait, that's an interesting point. <laughs> I mean, what they have mirror that's, version. Yeah, maybe she's the old version. I don't know. Ghost. It's like so what if what if Marilyn had lived to be fifty? <laughs> Marty's oh also always trying to kill characters on the show, and so uh, okay. As a, a sketch comedy writer, don't you think this would be funny if every celebrity that they had on the show to play someone? died in the episode like bernadette peters as ivy's mom is singing and she goes to hit this the last the note and moment. Dies. but i don't understand how they could incorporate that into like the energetic flow of the episode like, energetic flow kind of derail come on there is no energetic flow to the episode there's this is the energetic flow of honey dripping from a mostly clogged bear thing of honey you're just like i just want honey out of this and you just keep squeezing it's it a person running on a treadmill forever Ever. Yeah. <laughs> that's really funny uh she's so bad at singing yeah. she is like even more of the well, like used car thing than Kathy. yeah 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 she really, really is well it's a weird movie star thing too of like um that like people who are really good fil- and and i say this as a person who is like an okay stage actor but has like a lot of problems like connecting to my body where i'm like often feel like very dead when i'm on stage and that's super hard for me but like when you watch film actors who are really great film actors go do stage shows for the first time it's like crazy how bad some of them are at like inhabiting their body and not looking like dead from the neck down and that's like definitely like Catherine McPhee is that way I saw Romeo and Juliet with Orlando Bloom and it was like it was like watching a floating head on someone else's like dead ass body riding in on a motorcycle 
Isn't that crazy? He seemed well, really nervous. In fairness, I mean, it, he was he was good with the text, but he seemed like crazy nervous. I mean, it really is a like one hundred percent different skill. Like I've been like working on a on a TV show on set, watching actors for the last few months, and like they they give great performances on a camera, but if you dropped any of those performances on stage, it would not it, like one hundred percent wouldn't work. You have to be so so much smaller on camera that it's that it's crazy but but you brought up an interesting point of why would uma do this and yeah. we've talked a lot about why rebecca duvall would do this kind of yeah but i'm do you mean like why would uma thurman be like, on yeah the yeah because she was like i feel like not she was doing well in her career at that point like what year did kill bill come out no uh, that, was, that was probably like 2000 yeah it was probably 2004 ish or so. yeah like 2005 yeah well, well, i yeah, guess there maybe were she was just coming off that like horrible superwoman movie Oh my god, I forgot all oh, about that. Right. Wait, what was the Oh, the like movie with like Rain Wilson, like my super ex girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. Is that what we're talking about? Two thousand three is when Kill Bill came out. I, okay. I think here's what I think. I think her career is was doing fine then and is doing fine now. She's never been like true A list, except maybe around like between like Pulp Fiction and Kill Bill, but she's been like an indie darling, like well known, respected actor. I think she probably wanted I think she because she was interested in being on stage because a few years later she would go and do the the Parisian woman oh, on Broadway. Right. Good. I think she wanted to like have fun, and I think probably yeah. whatever agency she's represented by probably also represented the show in some way or the studio, and they were like, we need some famous person for this, and they reached out to like twenty famous actresses, and Uma Thurman was like, yeah. Well, Go and to it's New like, York for three weeks and do right. this. And the thing is, it's like a hammy kind of role. But the the hard thing about the, the most recent episodes is that like they don't really treat it like it's a, you know like it's it's the kind of role that I feel like if you were reading the breakdown, it's kind of like it, it's sort of a, a comedic. It's like a comedic. You bend. could you could see the like Sunset Boulevard exactly. version uh-huh. of it or something. Exactly, but instead it's just kind of like a sad a sad lady. Well, it's like they treated her like that for like one episode and then. After that, it's just like, oh, yeah, and Uma Thurman's a character on this show. Yeah. Like, she's just, like, one of the characters on this show, and it feels very deflated. It's like the the used car <laughs> salesman thing got a pinprick. <laughs> yeah. She's just, like, I don't know. Certain things I do like how they handle it. Like, I like how the moment where she goes, like, she's self-awareness, and she realizes that she's not a good singer and like Like, she has that come to jesus moment with them and she's like you got to take this down a key and blah blah blah. like i thought that was cool yeah but i thought i thought that was good where it's like oh that's like what a real actor was just undercut by the next episode starting with her being crazy again what'd she do again oh i forget what she's like the smoothie and the um taking the song away she was like i want to sing baby grand and it's like an that episode ago, up. you said, take my songs away yeah. from me. The smoothie thing actually didn't bother me because I think a lot about, like, if you are, like, a really powerful and successful actress, like, so much of your success rides on, like, your body and stuff. So, like, I could see, like, a world where you're, like, it's really important for me to, like, do this food thing that's, like, been working for me. Yeah. So I don't judge her so much for the smoothies, even though I think it was meant to illustrate that she's insane. Right. Yeah, as a person with a million food allergies, I'm like, yeah, I get that. That's that's cool. Yeah, and the ones that she has are not insane. Like, it's you are can people can be allergic to peanuts. Yeah. Pe- people aren't really allergic to cilantro or something, you know? Right. Just tastes like soap. Yeah, right. I feel bad for those people because I fucking love cilantro. I work at a restaurant and they exist. That's a bummer. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> uh, 
Okay, okay well, so, I think I think sorry to interrupt. No, I think it's no. indicative of this episode that we haven't really talked about this episode much because I feel like <laughs> I feel like this episode ended and I was like, well, nothing happened. Right. But also, like, kind of a lot. I mean, a lot happened. happened. I th- I think. I think you. I think you say that most episodes. Yeah. You're on, and it's, it's more that it's just like it's more fun to riff on things around. Them. Yeah, maybe. Oh my gosh! Wait, the smash number was yeah. like peak this show. Yeah, yeah. That was like a bunch of, of of people like shaking around and flipping over, and him flying into the desk doing cartwheels through his own little weenie but it or felt whatever. Like a real. <laughs> broadway no like it just it for felt sure like, i don't know it felt grounded in a certain way of like but given that the show is named smash it just felt like a too big of a wink that i wasn't sure. well and also like why waste why shoot your shot on this number to be the titular number of the show it's like i mean i guess it is sort of a microcosm of the show writ large like these two girls both competing for a shitty dude's attention yeah so I guess yeah, in a way it's sort of true. like a little a little musical homage to to Derek. Yeah, that's good. Um, let's get in. Let's get in a little more to to the whole Ivy Dev Karen triangle plot line. Uh, so yeah, like like you said, they we don't have that scene really of them being like we fucked up or we. I mean, she says I won't tell anyone, but they both just sort of go their separate ways. Yeah, and Karen Ivy's like. There, I kind of like the little moment when they first get to the theater when Karen's like being really nice to Ivy and Ivy's like, please don't be nice to me. Right. Yeah. It'll literally like kill me. I thought that was a nice little like understated moment of, you know, just a nice dramatic moment of like, we know why Ivy's saying that. Karen doesn't know why. Like they're both reading different things yeah. into this. Like just a sort of nice little nugget of writing. I actually should say, I mostly liked this episode. I It... I really liked it for the first like half of the episode. Then with the smoothie poisoning thing, it threw a big wrench in it. Yeah. And threw a big peanut in the works. It did. <laughs> but I actually thought it kind of recovered. I maybe I, I maybe just because last the last episode I thought was so bad. But Did I think the last episode was good. No, you thought the last episode was bad. Oh, thank God. <laughs> um, I don't know. Maybe it was just like the mood I was in or something. But I was kind of digging this episode. I don't I remember. Liked it. I, I I didn't love this episode, but maybe I it just this episode felt like it was sponsored by church. And like also like the optics of Karen McPhee in the like beautiful African American church. Yeah. Like nobody wants you there. Like, like you shouldn't be. Especially like, like Leslie Odom Jr. like has it covered. Oh, he's, he's like so really good. got it covered in his home church. Like the proud the boy returned home, the like the gay Christian who's accepted by his gospel singing choir, and then Karen's like let me take over. And Let me hit the so mic like, like a tambourine on my hip yeah. for a few minutes. <laughs> she has uh, no energy. It's like embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah, just, I don't know. This whole episode felt like every character, that, that, that was a thing that I couldn't take away. Like every episode, every character was like, I love church. Oh yeah, I really like church. Yeah, I like church. It's like, can you not write and just have one person be like, I fucking hate church and leave. And then I'd be like, okay, great. All the other characters like church. I did like that it was revealed now that Christian Borle is not just playing gay, but also playing Jewish. Do not (laughs) even get me started. You're going to bring up the Angels in America thing, right? All I'll say is that... Marty has a long-running theory. I have a long-running theory that Smash is just bad Angels in America, which is uh, true. And there is a scene where they're talking... And Lewis, he goes, religion is not a cult. He says, any religion less than a thousand years old is a cult. And that's Lewis saying that to Joe Pitt. 
Mormonism is not a cult. Any religion that's a th- less than a thousand years old is a cult. There's literally the worst version of this scene with Tom, who's now Jewish, I guess. They've never said he's Jewish before. I, mean, I guess he's Levitt, like, should we have known? Is Levitt a Jewish name? I mean, I guess it is. is it? It'd, be, it'd be Levitt, I think. But I knew I knew some Levitt's girls, so, or like a Levitt. But um, I don't know. Just, and then he says, oi. It's like, oh, come on, friends. Come you on, say y'all. oi. I says, oi. I'm Jewish. Let me prove it to you. <laughs> oi. Exactly. <laughs> oi, I'll have a bagel. Now, moving on. <laughs> I don't know. I just like, you know, God bless him. I think Christian Borle is, is a truly amazing actor. I think yeah. he's great. But I think they, I think they, uh, I think they ask a lot of him. I think that's true. Um, also, Leslie Odom's character and his sports thing yeah. is like a, when you first take character one on one, and you're like, yeah. "I know how to do this. <laughs> I'm just going to keep mentioning the thing." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay, he loves sports and he loves religion. Okay, his last name is going to be Ball Godder. <laughs> <laughs> It's or it's the like you're you're two and a half minutes into the improv scene. We're like oh, we don't have a game. We don't have a game. Well, I, I mentioned twice that I like sports. Okay, yeah, I like sports. Yeah. I like sports. I like it so much, and it's weird because I'm a gay guy. Like, yeah. I'm sure there's many gay men who like sports. Right. Like, yeah. and this isn't like 2005. It was 2012. Yeah, right. <sighs> that was that's a lot for me. Um, also, I found it so weird that Derek was like, when he starts sleeping with Rebecca, like thinking that somehow that that's helping oh, her. Okay, it's the medicine to cure the thing. Is like, that dude, that's not so okay. We had we have obviously like, especially just like twenty third. I mean twenty uh, eighteen right. versus twenty twelve. Like, yes. there's been a lot of like looking back. I mean, the character was bad then, but Derek has looked so bad in in hindsight. But this scene was maybe the most. Aside from just the scenes where he's, like, giving somebody notes and then fucking them. Like, this was the most... The scene between Ivy and him... Like, he is acting like like an alien. Like, even, like, a sociopath would know to, like, pretend to be empathetic more than he... Like, she's like, hey, you told me you loved me and then immediately went and had sex with somebody else. Like, well, what else am I supposed to do? I have to get the show off the ground. You understand, we're both professionals. Yeah, but wait, it doesn't make sense. Right. (laughs) This whole cast is the most unprofessional. Like, every person in this cast is not a professional actor. Like, they all act like... uh, It's like high school summer camp where everyone's just, like, fucking each other and doing, you know, a non-turntable version of Les Mis. (laughs) (laughs) Gavroche. Just fucking uh, and, and roll hot. <laughs> Angel Ross. Angel Ross. I was like, why did I pick the one character's name? I don't know how to pronounce. Um, yeah, but but it, but it was just like it's like he didn't connect the dots of being like, like if he'd if he'd given some more clear justification of like, right? I you know what this part of my like even if it was fucked up like part of my method is that like i have sex with the actresses to get a good performance out of the, right. like that's it seems like that's eventually what he's is what at he's least saying, a philosophy he doesn't, ex- <laughs> he doesn't even explain that he's just like you know what i had to do we're professionals you but baby he acts like that is like an accepted right thing like that everybody knows right <laughs> <sighs> it's and, disappointing and it is weird like he does seem like he's falling in love with Ivy. So this is like such a weird, hard left turn. It doesn't make any sense. Right. To me, like my, my like non viewing the rest of the show, it feels like they're slowly writing him off the show is like what it feels like to me. I don't know if that's true, but it feels like they're just giving him more and more despicable things so that come season two, they can be like, well, Derek was, he flew back to his home planet. (laughs) I mean, I, I like that 
theory, but like he's been doing this. He's just done despicable things all the time yeah. throughout the show. It, it's honestly not even like it's maybe the despicableness has ramped up, but it's not, it's not like he had like a heel turn at some point or something. He's just no. always been a heel, a heel. If I think if it was treated with more sensitivity, it would actually be a really in- interesting thing to watch because it shows the way that women can be manipulated through their talent, I think. Sure. And the way that you're, like, so vulnerable as a performer to, like, this kind of power dynamic, which right. is, like, I think really specific to this industry. And maybe musical theater, in some ways, Even, like, worse than right. than some just because of the, like, the... The nature of, of being emotionally vulnerable and open and yeah, working and with a like lot of... Yeah, and just, like, the beauty standards and, like, standards of, like, athleticism right. and all these things and having so many women in it and so and just, like, a few straight men at the top of this. Like, that is a very real... Smash is always, like, five degrees off having an actual interesting conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Right, because they totally miss the mark on it, and they don't treat it with sensitivity, and it's actually, like, so... Especially now, looking back, it's, like, so offensive. But, um, yeah, I think that it's all, probably also even harder for Broadway, because it's, like, there's just so much less slots than even, like, TV or, like, yeah, anything else. Right. But anyway. Yeah. Um, okay, so we have Dev. We have Dev and Ivy. Basically, to sum up, Dev... Uh, accidentally leaves yeah because they have to turn everything into like a into sitcom a weird drama. plot like a sitcom drama oh, so he of, like, yeah. rather than just like oh we i have to confront the fact that i cheated on my fiance it's like i have to confront the fact that i cheated on my fiance but wait i lost the ring yeah it's like suddenly a fucking moliere play <laughs> yeah exactly uh, really where's the props department i need <laughs> right. a new engagement ring and oh it's God, like a piece happen? of like gum wrapper with like a little stone <laughs> i also i love Here it the, is. i love the clear network note line of when uh dev and ivy meet when karen introduces them she goes ivy you've never met my boyfriend oh. dev here he is. Yeah, I wrote down the line because it's even worse than that, I think. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to hear this. Um, it's very close to that. I think it might just be that switch. I think it might be, this is my boyfriend, Dev. You've never met him. You've never met him is what it is, I think. Yeah. yeah. Which, is just, which is, I mean... This is my boyfriend, Dev. You guys have never met. <laughs> yeah. Which is somehow worse. It is. Oh it's like, gosh. you two characters have never been in the same scene Let in the previous just, 13 yeah. episodes. By the way, Megan Hilty, this is Raza Jeffrey. <laughs> That's so crazy. Yeah, so we, we end up with, with this kind of tying into the Dev and Karen storyline of Dev and Karen, I guess, working back out their problems. Karen saying, I, I, I considered what it would be like without you and I miss you. You have to repropose to me and him having... <sighs> Which is like, I, I get why it makes sense for her to now be the one wanting to make it happen to like push the buttons on sure. his character. But for her, her character, we've seen nothing between when she was so justifiably angry at yeah. him in the last episode. Right. We've seen nothing, nothing in this episode that makes it make sense that she would suddenly completely... Except that, like, he didn't answer her calls. And so but it's like, like, okay, that's, I guess, a reductive way to do it. But. that makes sense about their relationship in the entire no. series. Like, right. he's the worst boyfriend ever. Like, he doesn't support her. He doesn't understand how special and crazy it is that she's getting these opportunities. And he's, like, so annoying and always making her go to these, like, events. Like, she doesn't want to be going to these things. Like, she doesn't show up to that one dinner and he gets so mad. Yeah. Like, you should get that. Yeah. Right. That's so crazy. They're just they're they're like on on the face not compatible. Like their professional lives are not compa- compatible with each other and then they just like don't really have 
I don't know what they like when the camera when they're not when they, when the scene's not whatever the dramatic thing is happening like what is them on the couch at yeah. home like what do they talk about they should have had like one establishing like scene of like look at how much these two are in love with each yeah, other but then they'd just be making pancakes like every other couple in this show so we don't want another goddamn pancake scene <laughs> but deborah messing is such a good actor she can pull up anything she's cr- okay so we had michael hartney on a couple episodes ago uh-huh. and now michael has poisoned the show for me because what? any time no, no not in a, no, in, a, in a funny way that anytime Jeb- deborah messing does anything i just picture him uh, laughing and making all the faces that she makes and now like anytime I watch her be like this is crazy and I'm not gonna stand for it I picture Michael being like ha ha <laughs> <laughs> he did an impression of her it was her watching uh, the the what was workshop it? or something I forget yeah. what it was but and she, she basically she goes, in like, the course of went like just complete it's like which, Charles which Manson at San Quentin Ryan Darcy James does his own version of that in this episode right as he's watching the right. finale that goes really poorly in the preview he goes I, I'm gonna try and do it here it's like <laughs> he's so a lot of okay it's like the, the brow snake the brow is furrowed yeah the head is snaking forward it's like it's like his head's come off of his neck and he's like trying to weave his way like turn his head at the right angle where the suicide ending works yeah. for the for the musical <laughs> is she supposed to be is the like the co- i don't know the subtext like that she's bad at writing <laughs> like because oh God, I don't think it I don't is. Know. I would love it if they did that. But I don't think it is. I, I mean, feel like like there's no question that the songs are so good, right? Like the the songs in Bombshell. But then like she, the audience doesn't ap- applaud. I don't know. Well, it well they no have book. this. They, yeah, there's no book. So what's she doing? Well, she's the lyricist, but she's also supposed to be the book writer. We don't really know what. I mean, presumably there is a book that we're just not seeing to some degree but yeah. it does seem like she's a very naive writer at least if she thinks because someone's life ended you have to end the and musical exactly. on their death it's like no not every musical about someone who's dead like she just keeps going like no she died you don't understand she died <laughs> no, oh i like you understand i like that line there where it's like you know what i've seen everything and at the end of them it's, they all die it's like, a that funny, was, it, that was funny it is a funny line but it's like it's a funny thing to say but then she should be like but yes no i get that Oh, see, I, mean, I don't know if I, I, I don't know, I don't know if I agree with that. It's like she, she fucking died. That's the end of the show. Like, what is this going to happen? We're going to see what's his name and what's his name and what's his name sing a trio about how much they miss her. But I could name a million movies or plays about real people who died, and they don't all end with the with death. The actual, like death. you could end with like a moment of glory, or you could show the death early on, and like it just that's structurally does about, not have to end that's with fair. her fading away in her bed. I'm thinking of like death as like the final chapter, but not the actual event. Like we don't see Marion Cotillard just d- collapse or die or whatever in La Vie en Rose, and then like the movie ends. Right, exactly. Like, actually, I think I the know. idea is like, especially for a musical, you you have to end on something, end with a bang, not right. with a, a whimper. whimper. And this is like the ultimate whimper end. I actually thought the convert, like the fact that they address that is because we're always looking for like we're like the realistic musical the, like, actual problems that a musical would go through right. because so so much of the drama is like interpersonal made up bullshit. interpersonal stuff i actually think like that is an interesting problem yeah i liked like that okay the show because it seems like the preview goes very well up till that point right but then it's like oh people are going to walk into the theater saying it was a bad show because it ends badly so mm-hmm. that idea of like how do we end it in an exciting way is interesting i saw the band's visit this week I like the band's visit. I did too, but it was too dark. The in whole, the theater? Yeah, the like, whole goddamn stage is so... The, the show takes place overnight. It's a really beautiful show. Music by uh, David Yazbek. Great music. 
Uh, not enough music, in my opinion. It's but, sort of a play with music. Yes. Sort of music. Uh, that's what I said, and Allie was like, no, it's a musical. And I was like, well, it's, it's almost a musical. But the show was so fucking dark, and I couldn't see anything. And it was really beautiful. I don't know why I wanted to say that, but the show was fantastic and is a good example of, this is the reason I wanted to say it, is it's a good example of a show where not a ton happens. It's about just like kind of vignettes into, a, a, it's vignettes of how different people in a community are affected by this one little event. And the show just kind of ends by just like fading into the night and the day keeps on going on. And it's like, that would be cool. But it does have a great like finale type number. Yeah, that's real good. It has a really good finale. Yeah, that's real good. It reminded me of The Wrestler, the movie, in a lot of ways. I have never that seen ending. the ending. Oh, that's really good. You've seen, like, so many things. I do a whole movie podcast <laughs> yeah. called Making Number Two, where me and Allie, who I talk about a lot, improvise movie sequels and prequels oh, for movies okay. that should We're not exist. We're going to plug just into the middle of the episode. Bold. <laughs> bold. I feel like um, when Tom and Deborah Messing have the fight, like I'm so on Tom's side. Yeah, it's a really bad... It makes no sense. So let's, like front porch that story so that's just michael swift has come back into the into the world of smash in the previous episode and there's just a sort of i i just like sighed when it happened of like he came back thinking that julia wanted to continue which is so it's a disservice to his character it really is it's it's sad i guess but it's just like they ended it in such a kind of nice way of them being adults about it right oh right i forgot right doesn't make any sense yeah Yeah, like his his kids and and wife he's like hey i brought my wife and kids to this last meeting because i want you to know that nothing is going to happen here right Right. it's like great that's how two fucking adults cash out a bad thing that happened and then like three episodes later it's like i'm back but then like I, I don't know so to bring up we we did we you know last episode we did a thing called the intermission series where we watched a movie about the making of a bunch of musicals um and it was really fun to bring this up um we, we were talking last night while we were watching this episode about sorry ali and i were um about avenue q there was like a lot of tension between the book writer and bobby lopez and um yeah jeff and jeff, jeff, Marks, and jeff, jeff Witte and bobby lopez and there was a lot of tension there, but you can see that they're working through the process. That, like, even though there's tension or they might not agree on everything, they're like, hey, we're making a musical and we're going to do this. And I thought this fight between Julia and Tom was, like, missing that thing that most theater collaborators have, which is, like, I'm mad at you, but we got to fucking write an ending of a musical. Right. Well, and that's what Tom's saying. So, basically, Julia's mad at Tom because Tom voted to bring Michael back, and so she was outvoted and they had to do it. And he could have put his foot down and been on her side, and they bring in literally any other actor. Bring in Mark Kudish. Bring in whoever right. to play bring the role. Bring in Batista again. Hashtag right. bring back Batista. No, he got the pilot. He oh, got that's the, right. That's right. Uh, um, but they, but so I, I thought the fight, partially because they're both good actors. Uh, the, the fight felt like a Teresa Rebeck play. Yeah, exactly. In, in it, was, it reminded me of when you said that about the fight between Tom and Derek a few episodes ago. Where yeah. It felt like a a play i feel like yeah. the writing shines when they're doing scenes from a play and i right. thought this was relatively good writing even though i thought the episode was not great it uh but yeah it, it uh i don't know that that fight it did feel like it was missing some ingredient maybe uh cilantro i don't know but <laughs> but like it was missing something it it it, it, was, it was one of those there's a lot of like scene a lot of arguments on the show they're missing one piece of logic yes. for me and it did feel like that way where it's like yeah but You'd still work on the thing. Yeah, they're collaborators of 10 years. That doesn't seem so crazy to me because it's like she's so far gone down this like rabbit hole of selfishness where she doesn't care about the show anymore. So I think that sort of does like track. 
But it doesn't make sense why she walks. I feel like we leave that scene being like she was right, where it's oh. like she's wrong. Like the show she wants caused this thing. She caused this whole situation. Yeah, it is. It's interesting to view. I, we don't talk about this this much because I don't because Teresa Rebeck left the show in like on very bad terms at the end of this season Whoa. and like oh yeah there's Maybe like you can read the whole a whole BuzzFeed and... piece and all that but um and I don't and Teresa Rebeck seems like a a nice lady and I like her plays and stuff so I don't I don't want to like shit on her too much but watching this scene knowing like her relationship with the network and with the show at this point I I have to like wonder what's going on there mm-hmm. because it feels like i it's not that i think she was like having an affair with somebody and all that stuff but it feels like this weird thing of like i don't give a shit about this show this show's all fucked up i just oh. it feels like there's something i mean julia's always felt like the the Teresa rebeck stand-in character um yeah. she's like intentionally dressed like Teresa rebeck dresses and all this stuff i don't know it was it was interesting to me. I don't know what to make of it exactly. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't know. I hadn't thought about that, but I also try not to know anything about anything around right. Same. the episodes. New Critical Lens. Exactly. Gotta get that NCO. Death of the author. <laughs> right. It's like in Walking Dead when Frank Darabont, the stand-in for Frank Darabont is like, I can't keep writing this show, and then he gets eaten by zombies. Is that, that could be a thing that happens. Yeah, is that a thing one. that happens? No, 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 it's not. <laughs> I like I, who knows what's going on in that show. There could be like a character who's writing a comic book about zombies on the show at this point. I Honestly, guess. that would be awesome. I would watch the show, but I Wait, I refuse. Leo is the worst actor I've ever seen or heard of. <laughs> yes. Yeah, this is we're like being 14 episodes into this podcast now. We're just like all of the takes. Like these are all good like, takes. We're just yeah. like it's what well, it is it's funny cuz you just there's all these things it's like we god what do we do about leo like it's just like he gets like two lines in this and even just watching those two lines you're just like well still bad well, and he's a good How actor in real life happen? yeah have you ever seen the movie brooklyn with him and saoirse ronan uh, uh, what <laughs> have you seen it yeah, that's, yeah, that's, him. that's him it doesn't make sense it it was made like Two years after Smash. Maybe he had horrible direction? I think well, he, he has no... Char- I mean, they, they don't know if the character is 6 or 26. Yeah. But, like, you can... Yeah, any of us... That's so true, because he's like, you said we were getting a baby! Exactly. But, like, any of us could take those lines, and we're not teenagers, but we could shave our faces, all of us included. And, <laughs> <laughs> no, but we could, like, do... We could do a better job... Of like inhabiting, the I wrote role. one of his like, lines. We, you, you could just, even if you're given bad directing direction, you give a better performance than. Am I the only one who enjoyed that? Yeah, okay, <laughs> am I the only one who enjoyed so that? Good impression. Like you just like, something is like a two times too big tongue. <laughs> like we could go, we could go around and all say that line in a passable way. Just like he walks by and he's like. Am I the only one who kind of enjoyed that? Like, no, it's like that's yeah. just like right. It's not great. It but didn't it, make sense. Meredith, right. give me your take on it. His, my impression? No, no give no, me like your, your realistic take. Reading. Like, if you had to do that line oh. in a scene, you're like, Am I, I mean, the it's only a bad one who line. Enjoyed that? Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah I'm gonna do mine. <laughs> okay, am I the only one who enjoyed that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Hulk and <enjoy. laughs> oh. 
yes, brother, I'm not the only one who enjoyed that. And then they don't, they don't just. I think that was Hulk Hogan. Yeah, that was, I, that I was, was doing Hulk. Hulk but... was That's the next Hulk. songwriting team on the season two, two of Smash. Hulk and Hulk. Hulk, and Hulk. Oh my God. Uh, you know that meme? Hogan that's like, and Banner. Ah, uh, the two genders. And they're both just like Hulks. Anyway, let's go. Uh, the last thing about that scene is just they don't do the mercy of ending the scene on his Am I the Only One Who Enjoyed That? They do a beat, and then Brian Darcy James has to go, Yeah, I, I think you are. Yeah. It's just like, that's not even, it's not clever. We, we get that he's the only one who enjoyed that. And he's not singing, so I don't yeah. give a is shit. Is Leo so, supposed to be saying like he enjoyed having that guy see their family? No, I, I think, think he's, he's like saying that guy the- was awkward. Like, oh, awkward turtle, twenty twelve, <laughs> yeah, very in. He should have done awkward. <laughs> see if he could just do awkward. You know what? I want them to go back and CGI like George is Lucas. There, my question is: There like in cinematic and televisual history, is there a record of awkward turtle so. existing? Because that They're was so in the culture. There's got to be like a college humor sketch from that time. I want right. network TV or a studio film in which awkward turtle. We got to write awkward turtle. Representation matters. <laughs> <laughs> You had to make a movie set in the aughts and not feature an awkward turtle is fucking disrespectful. Absolutely. Wow, I forgot about that. Well, I'm so happy to bring it back into the oh cultural consciousness. Wanda. So what is, I don't understand still what he's saying, that he enjoyed... He's saying, I enjoyed the feeling that Michael Swift just felt weird watching us all as a happy family together. I my 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 reading is slightly different. That's just like... Well, that was the most awkward thing for all of us. We should we should laugh about. We're it. all doing the awkward turtle. <laughs> I did just. He I wasn't even gonna panels. do it. I just like. Just I, I had my hand on my knee and I was just like, "That's the most awkward thing," and just was doing the yeah, turtle for myself. Very small, like, Jimmy. You know what awkward is? It's the turtle. It's the turtle. <laughs> you're gonna be okay. <laughs> um. All right. Let's let's jump forward. Oh, that was super loud. The joys of recording. You know, oh, 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 that's going to be really good if that's still happening on here. Let me close the window. Let's jump ahead to um, quickly Eileen and Nick. Oh, sure. Did Nick kill a guy before the scene started? <laughs> I my guess is the actor actually injured himself, and they ha- that 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 the bartender, Nick the bartender, just, her uh, why, why he's in a sling? Why yeah. he's in a sling? He's like, you don't want to know what happened to me. I was saving my daughter. I think she was taken. <laughs> <laughs> My arm's functionality was taken. <laughs> I, it doesn't... That didn't stand out to me. I was just like, oh, he's so shady. Yeah. Well, he's like a tough guy. But he's also, like a good tough guy. Not everyone has to sing. We don't need... I wish I, I never saw that. My, I know. I got a bold take. Oh, my God. You loved it? No. I didn't love it, but I liked it. <laughs> sure, but it was more like... First of all, I, I'm a huge Angelica Houston fan. Uh, this made me realize that I maybe should not be because she's like so bad in this she's, show. She's really bad in this episode in also, particular. Sorry, I will say that there is a little bit of construction happening under us and we'll probably be able to hear it. So sorry to the listeners at home. It's Angelica Houston drilling up. Uh, she heard <laughs> she heard us here. and her stare is pouring <laughs> right. through the walls. I loved at the start of this episode, I think her first line when they're walking into the theater, she's on the phone and she says, we needed those costumes yesterday. And it's like the line is very a very like hacky big line that like you would assume is like, we needed those costumes right, yesterday. Thinking- Clearly she like highlighted lines like, I'm going to play this a little different. Mm-hmm. And she goes, I was that same. we needed those costumes yesterday. Hangs up the like, phone. Like, it, to me, it seemed like we actually needed them yeah, yesterday. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need them today. Thank you. <laughs> it'd be like, it'd be like if, if Alice was like, Miss Rand will see you now. <laughs> Alice, 
Oh, Alice. Oh, Alice, my dear Alice boy. Needs, the actor of Alice should be in jail for how creepy he clearly is, and he's just getting it out <laughs> in this role. Um, I feel bad for him. Why? Because I think he's done dirty this whole... I think I think he's he never worked again, really, after this. Oh, the act. Yeah, and I think they just... They give him such a hard time. It's like, but imagine he, having to play a role where you literally... The only thing separating you from a 1920s dumb show is that you don't have a mustache on, like, with your fingers up every doorway. But imagine getting written... <laughs> so true. Imagine getting written a drunk scene where you're sitting in a booth with Angelica Houston... Yeah, that's true. ...and you're mouthing off to your boss and playing it in a way that brings no joy. Yeah. Like, I he, know. It could be a scene where he's like... A little drunk, and he's like, I, "Somebody has to produce. I'm, no one else is doing it around here, or whatever." And it like feels a little bit exciting, but right. the way he plays it is so it's just weird. Yeah, it's just, weird. That's right. Yeah. That's true. No, it's true. I, I, yeah. Also, but I did really like the, what's the boyfriend's name? Dev. No, or Nick. 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 I like the way he said, "Take a powder." Yeah. Like I never heard that expression <laughs> in my life. I think that's so great. Oh yeah, he and he. All, she also says something weird in this episode to him. She says, "Uh." I'll see you at interval. Oh, yeah, yeah. what's interval? <laughs> interval? That's what they call intermission in England. Okay, well, was he really saying that? Was she saying that for his benefit? <laughs> like, I've literally never heard what interval intermission before. Means. I, I trust you guys. I, that experts. is what they call it in England, but I don't know why she said said. That. They call it interval in England. Yeah, they call it intermissions intervals, but Weird. it doesn't just. Yeah, it, the line struck me as very odd too. Yeah. But can we, I want to talk about Angelica Houston singing for a second. Okay. Because she's, <laughs> she's there Meredith, in the bar. Meredith, her. Mark Shaman's playing at the piano. We got a, we got oh, a little that was Mark That's Mark Shaman. I think yeah. it's Scott uh, Whitman, I think, is like sitting nearby or something. Oh, I'm not totally sense. sure. I cut to him and I was like, he looks familiar. Yeah, like, I, think it was, I think it was him. Mark Shaman gives a weird Mr. Rogersy performance where he goes, do you know the song? Would you like to sing it with me? <laughs> and then she starts speak singing and I went... Oh no. no! She starts speaking. I thought it was going to be like me when I was in How to Succeed in Business, and I had to speak my As song. <laughs> <laughs> no, I played JB Bigley, and I said, "Love like a heart of gold," because oh I couldn't gosh. sing. I think that's good for that role. <laughs> I was in the ensemble of one of uh, How to Succeed as well. I was oh, Tackaberry. No. no big deal. I was the guy who said, <laughs> "Literally no big deal." Yeah, no big deal. <laughs> when they're like, "When like take a memo, we're sending out too many more memos," and I said, "Okay, I'll send out a memo." Ha. Great good line. Show. You probably gave it your little... That's a show with a good book. I don't think I had a line, but anyway. <laughs> Did you go, no coffee? I like, think just I in the just ensemble. was like in a dance. Yeah. Like I don't In a red dress. I think, I don't remember. I An like, irresistible Paris right. original. Yeah. I'm wearing tonight. All the girls wear it to the party. It's true. Do you remember the show? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Uh, <laughs> um, but so she starts speaking and I'm like, oh God, this is terrible. But right. then she starts singing She's not a great singer. Yeah, it's fine. But it has a little heart to it. I agree with like that. Houston's a good evoker of emotion, and they do a little montage. It's a it's a sort of it's a relatively effective montage. It's a, yeah, I sort of I think because my because I got very scared when she started speak singing. Yeah, and then when it turned into just a nice little thing, and it's like this is the penultimate penis club episode <laughs> of of the season where it, may, it was like. This is sort of like the quiet, mo- like that's what you do with like a penultimate episode, sort right. of like prepare you yeah. for the storm of the finale. Yeah, you introduce the two boys who eventually become the man in black and the man in white. I just that's a really you, have, bad have, have lost joke. Ever gotten like like sick like with a cold and it's like they're just like 
you see them and you just like don't want to see that like it makes you upset to see your parents like sick yes that's what it felt like watching it (laughs) (laughs) only they're auto-tuned when they sneeze it's like (laughs) um okay you've convinced me honestly you've convinced me i i I love it but i i I do i do i think meredith convinced me after that we've all just taken our hats off and traded them yeah um, what else are we missing in this episode? I I have. Um, I mean, there's there's oh, the church. The church. Can we just? I don't like. I don't. I don't like the church stuff at all. I Charlie, we have to build a church. Another lost joke for one person out there. Oh, what that guy's voice is the best voice I've ever heard. Who, Mr. Echo? Yeah, Mr. Echo. Mr. Echo. Is it? You know? Is it? Pro- Maybe I shouldn't. Well, no, I'm just doing an impression of him. I'm not oh, like, like somebody. Well, I'm not, yeah, I'm not like doing like a. Uh, oh, this is a. And also, it's like the most beautiful yeah, person's voice. voice I've ever heard. Uh, I think, I, I think I kind of liked the church thing. I loved mm-hmm. it. I, maybe I just didn't like this episode. I think it's I feel okay. like you got like squirmy because like you didn't like that it seemed culty. Well, no, because it's not because uh, I, I think church, I, I think people who like, I, I'm not like a particular religious person, but I right. think that people who like when they're, when you're, when you're like, I'm sick and they're like, I'm so sorry, I'm going to pray for you. I'm like, what a beautiful sentiment. Like, I, I like the idea of church, but I just, I don't believe, there's no buy-in for me that every character is suddenly like, well, I love church. I don't, I don't think that's what it is. I think it's that Leslie Odom Jr. is probably the only one of those characters who ever goes to church yeah. regularly. And he starts inviting people because they've had this really rough week. Right. And pro- I doubt any of them are going to then, like, fly back to New York and suddenly go to, like, whatever that church is in Times Square where they play electric Hillsong. guitar or whatever. What is it called? Hillsong. Hillsong. I've been wanting to go. It seems really fun. <laughs> I mean, like, no more more power to you. But, like, my point is, like, I don't think they're all, like, converted by him. I think it's just this... Right. I think it's, like, saying, like, in the same way theater can be this, like, cathartic thing. Yeah. These people, like, singing their hearts out on stage. We don't then go and see a sermon where they're, like, Jesus died for your sins. We see, like, a... I mean, we see a little of that. Yeah, but, like a joyful celebration of people coming together. Right. But just have a character say, like... You know, I've never been. I, I don't really go to church anymore. And have right. him go. Well, it might heal your soul. You're so right. Everyone's like, like I love everyone, it. Everyone, no, everyone I is love like, it. No, no, I love church more. <laughs> I think they do do that. I think I'm. I'm going to push back. I think in the bar he says like, I'm going to church, and like right. one person's like, You're going to church, and then everybody's like, eh, It could be fun, and they go, and like they're like hungover. They're like, oh, Are we allowed to be hungover in church? And he's like, like, You wouldn't be the first, right? Like they're that. like seeing it as the same as like when they go to the bowling alley and pull down the lights and start yeah, like singing the Chili's like, commercial. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Basically, everything on the show is either a Bud Light commercial or, or a Chili's, Chili's commercial. commercial. Yeah. Um, okay. I, I I buy that. I I might not I agree mean, fully, but I I understand what you're saying. I think that's true. I just I just too many people said I love church in this episode. That's what I'll say. Three people said, I love who, church. Who did say Karen it? said, I like church. The blonde girl who we still don't know her name says, I love church. And someone else says, I like church. Interesting. I mean, I, I don't know. It didn't, I guess it didn't read to me as like a, like network note of like, guys, this more. is a show about New York. Yeah, no, no. We need to like <laughs> really play this up. For yeah. The freaks in Missouri or something <laughs> like, like it didn't feel that way. To, it felt, it honestly felt to me like they were like, where else can where characters else can we sing? sing? Right. And and they were like, well, people sing in church. Yeah, and it was like a pretty song. I don't know. I just I wasn't super into it. But that's just you know, I'm just being super pedantic. Also, so. no, I, that's not pedantic. I mean, that's a pretty big point. I think it's just I think we're basically on the same page, but it's just a question of perspective, right? It. 
I just want the Hulk and Hulk version. Like that's what I want of this show. I would I would truly love that. I would like to not. And it could be called Smash. (laughs) 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 Yes. Wow. We've unlocked You've done it, Charlie. (laughs) You've done it, my boy. Um, well, I guess we should, we should wrap things up. Any, yeah. any lingering thoughts? Any, I mean, we're going into the finale. Meredith, like you said that, uh, when we were first talked about doing this, that you had only seen the first season, but then now you have rewatched the first season and are, are into season two now. Yeah. I'm like three episodes into season two. Um, but it's, I don't want to spoil anything for you, but well, maybe I maybe just I, give him some like, okay, you know, advice, advice going into it. I couldn't it. keep it's gets it really gets off the rails so you're not you're stopping at three i'm not gonna stop but like it's just like i'm not like excited to watch it like it's just really like seems so crazy now okay it's so funny because i've been saying this at, at the end of some recent episodes but like my memory of season two is that i kind of liked it more but i i think i'm maybe misremembering it mm. i don't i don't know i don't know if it's gonna be better or worse but um we didn't talk about one last thing, oh. which is just that Rebecca Duvall takes herself out of the show. Oh, which is oh, a big, sure. a big, a big oh, also we should probably like speculate for a peanuts. second. Yeah, who poisoned the the thing? I don't remember, but I mean it's Alice. Alice, right? yeah. she admits it. It's like Alice to get Ivy to play it. If this season does not end with me knowing, with you entering the screen, if I am not playing Marilyn by the end of this episode, <laughs> I'm going to lose. No, but if if I really don't know. Right, that's the whole right. Like the Who's thesis of the Marilyn? show, kind of. Yeah, but you would also assume at the start of the season that they would get to Broadway by the end of the season. Yeah, that they'd be right. performing the it on opening night of the Bra- Boston, Boston triad, yeah. Boston, which they filmed in Greenpoint. Yeah, but uh, so, really, it's like well, they definitely didn't film it in Boston. I don't know where it is, but their their stages were in Greenpoint, so it does look like. But they do have one nice shot that looks like Boston in the background. I think is CGI, but I thought it was Boston. I went to college in Boston, and it was like making me sick to my stomach of looking how cold it was. It I like it was freezing. Doubt they would travel for that. And honestly, that that big standy thing that they have outside with the bombshell thing. Uh-huh. Remember I, when I found that yeah. in Greenpoint yes. and took a picture of it? Oh my god! So I think they like were just at their stages. Out. Why did you did you go to Greenpoint for this purpose? No, no, I was work. I work in TV and was like at a stage, and it was just like in the there was this there's this lobby at um they, these stages where they shoot Marvel shows now that you walk in to shoot a Marvel show, and the lobby is 100 percent Smash memorabilia. That's I completely amazing. stumbled on Whoa. this. They have that you know that huge bombshell. I don't know what you call that, but like a big standing poster thing. And then on all the walls are like three on a match, heaven on earth, all of these posters. Three I would honestly love a heaven on earth poster. Like I, I, I mean, yeah, it took, great. it took like will on my part to not take one of those right. posters with me. Um, also one final thing is have either of you ever seen a show Broadway off Broadway, anything where the title of the show is projected on a scrim before the show starts. Yeah. Yes. I think Mean Girls is like that. I haven't seen it, but I've seen pictures. Oh, and I also shit, saw right. War Paint. I think War Paint was like I think that's right. actually like a it's a lot of common shows. thing now. Well shit. Now I look like a <laughs> now I look like a, a bastard man. I um I really loved the line that Uma Thurman when when Karen was like, You can't you just can't not do the show and Uma Thurman was like, Oh, I so can. Yeah. She was like, I don't yeah. care. Right. And I feel like that is like 
Oh, I love that feeling. Is that how you feel about watching Smash? The- <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> like we're like, no, you this. can't quit watching. Yeah. And you're like, no, I have no stake in yeah. this. You guys are the ones with the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, if only we could quit. <laughs> if only, if only. <laughs> That's how I feel about Smash. It's my uh, Jake twist to my. Um, how did you just have those names off the top? I listened to a podcast about Brokeback Mountain a few months ago. Jake Twist, that's right. And then uh, uh, Ellis is it Ellis? Ellis Twizzler. <laughs> What's Heath Ledger's name? I couldn't tell you. Ellis, I think that sounds Ellis. right because he's like or like Eller or something. I don't know. Ellery. Shout out to Blank Check. That was the podcast. Oh, Blank Check. All right. Well, that's that's gonna do it for this episode. Uh, yeah, going into the finale. I don't know. I guess I guess we'll we'll just see. I I I I really thought that we'd be somewhere else by now. And I mean that in the scope of the show. And I mean that I really thought that we'd be millionaires by now <laughs> with this podcast. <laughs> well, I'm excited for the season finale. I am too. And I'm excited to go beyond that. Um, to be on the beyonds. Meredith, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Yeah, you've been a wonderful guest. Me. I'm so happy to have you. Uh, it's a pleasure revisiting this. Good. Um, do you have anything that you would like to plug coming up? This episode will be out in two days. So if you have anything <laughs> coming up or your Twitter or anything. Yeah, follow me on Twitter at Merip. That's how you, you I always say that? Mayor IP. I, I say Mayor IP too. I was going to ask you how people say it. Um, Mayor IP is also a, a very acceptable pronunciation. It sounds like it's what you're saying is that all of your tweets are your intellectual property. It's like, yeah. this is Mayor's IP. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's actually, Merit- my name is Meredith Isabel Paul. I, I put it together. Yeah. That's probably what it was, <laughs> but I like my version. <laughs> it's very good. Uh, well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. And mm. until next week, smash, smash you later. later. Oh, I love it. <laughs> You're the first. <laughs> to find more Smash Bros, go to smashbros.fun. That's S-M-A-S-H-B-R-O-S dot F-U-N. Or find us on iTunes where you can rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Smash Bros is produced in New York City by me, Marty Scanlon, and hosted by me and Jimmy Blackman. I'm on Twitter at Jimmy Blackman, and Marty is at MC Scan. If you know Brian Darcy James and think he would be down to do this podcast and maybe sing on it for us, what the hell are you doing? Tell him to email us at podcastsmashbros at gmail.com. We'll see you next week on The Great White Way. And now, Brian, Brian Darcy, Darcy James. James. All will be well, which is like I heard about Parks and Rec once. Okay, so it's it's just like it's like an indie folk song. Yeah. Right? Isn't that what this is? Uh, yeah, it is. Okay. That is what it's about. He's amazing. He's really
Are you really an actor in New York until you have a video of you doing a song in front of that bright Broadway session sign? I just thought that Alex I'm not yet because I haven't. <laughs> where where is this? I don't know actually. It's like near Hellscape. No, it's called yeah. Broadway Session. Yeah. It's like a basement. Like, it's like a cabaret. Yeah, you space. like get like drinks at your table. Yeah. What a concept. <laughs> I want that like everywhere I go. <laughs> I just want Ryan Darcy James to pop up on like indie comedy shit. Like, just if, if he's willing to go into this basement, like, yeah, right. just pop up somewhere and just sing it. <laughs> no, I don't really. I did find out recently his sister is an improviser in Chicago. He's so charismatic when you fuck up. Like, he does it in a couple videos and he just like works right through it. I mean, he has nothing to do. He has nothing. And he's not even, he doesn't even get to be, like, he doesn't even get to be charismatic on the show. Like, like not even that he just doesn't get to sing. He doesn't even get to, like, smile. No. They're not as good as musical theater songs. <laughs> At least, like, to act through. Yeah, it, it, it's like he has to sort of repeat beats a little bit yes. in a way where he doesn't, like, get a full emotional journey on this. Yeah. Song. All while wearing the Shrek makeup. Incredible. <laughs>